Hello, welcome to latest episode of P Podcast with me, Catherine, and me, Joe. <laughs> so, Catherine, we're having a little bit of a laugh here, but uh, wow, what a few days, week or so in uh, education with all the announcements that have been going on. Where should we start? Well, it's hard to know if we if we start two weeks ago, we have one whole story. If we start a few days later, everything's changed. Um, I'm getting a little bit dizzy from the you know, from the number of changes that we've been looking at. Shall we start with? Um, well, everybody's out of school. Um, they were hoping to go back in February. Then came the March the eighth um, announcement, and of course, that's only for people in England. Absolutely, I think that the changes are slightly different in Wales at the moment as we speak and in Scotland but from an English point of view the 8th of March is the earliest point at which Mr Johnson uh, has said that our children will go back and they will go back if they do in some form of trickled uh, yeah return. Yes, probably Probably, but who knows, year group by year group, um, which is not too bad for for the schools. I mean, but of course, quite a large number of children are still in school, either as key workers or um, children that are a bit more vulnerable. Although it's interesting just how many more there are this time. So I think a lot of parents are taking advantage of the opportunity. Yes, I think that's right. It does make it so difficult for the teachers. I don't know if people realise, but trying to teach live in person while also coping online is really, really difficult. Really difficult. I I couldn't agree more. Um, Certainly, we've just been having a little chat about the, the, the school that I'm a governor at, and it's a primary school they have just under 50% of their students, their their primary school kids back at school, and they are still trying to deliver lessons to to both those at home and those in the classroom. And this has been going on for some time now. And I know that a lot of parents at home have been homeschooling their children and are exhausted with doing that and running their own jobs at the same time. But please bear in mind that our teachers are in the classroom they are delivering homeschooling to the children at home and very many of them are parents themselves and are doing that themselves too and this has been going on now for almost a year so uh, thank you to all our teaching colleagues out there and parents who have worked so hard but it's pretty tough out there they're tired now yes really tired Yeah, absolutely. I think there's a lot of exhaustion and and fear and worry and anxiety and everything, you know, just, you know, new variants coming through, vaccines. There's so much going on. Um, it is very difficult to see the wood for the trees and to keep a, it's really hard to stay positive through. I mean, we spoke a week ago, a couple of weeks ago, and we were both having a really tough time for no well for me there was no particular reason but it was just it was just getting exhausting yeah for me it was last Wednesday uh, and it was the announcement from Mr Johnson that these children would not go back until the 8th of March at the earliest and I guess uh 
but I found it very, very hard. Not I wasn't feeling sorry for myself. I just felt so awful for what our children, this generation of children, were losing out on socially. Because I know that they have that the teaching staff are working really, really hard throughout the country to deliver what they can to our, our students. And we talked about divides as well. We talked about the mm. financial divides and children having not having the IT uh, provision. We talked about the time divide. I mean, one of the things we spent a lot of time talking about last week was this idea that some children are lucky enough to have parents that can give them the time that they need to interact and to kind of pick up what they're being taught through the online learning lessons. But what about those children whose parents simply can't provide them with that time that they need? They they yeah. are missing out. Or maybe some parents aren't interested. I mean, I'm sure that's not true. Uh, but... It, you know, it's 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 really really tough. So last week was tough. Yeah, this week is is we're in February. February. Yes, I think I can see half term on the horizon. <laughs> it's there. It's the, coming. The, the, the um, nights are getting lighter slowly. Yes, that makes a such a difference, doesn't Absolutely. it? Absolutely. You know, when the kids are finished at the school. It means that we can get out for a quick, quick run, a quick walk, and it's not in the dark. And that really does help just to begin yeah. to lift your spirits. Okay, a question for you. Did yeah. you allow your children to have a snow day? <laughs> when no, it snowed? I didn't. <laughs> or harsh. <laughs> harsh but fair. Nor did their school. Their school was <laughs> cracking on. We did, um, it was on a Sunday, uh, the biggest snow day. And so they did oh, go right. out. And, but the, the, the recent one, no, we just carried on. How about you? Would you have? Um, we'd probably have gone and had a bit of a slide on a hill, but probably not the whole day. <laughs> but we'd, we'd have taken a little bit of time to go and do that. But I did see lots of discussion on Twitter, like homeschool is closing. <laughs> and I think <laughs> some parents were very pleased to have a reason not to do anything that day, which and does make, you know, it's not a bad thing. I it's not a bad thing taking that time and a break and closing the books and stepping away from it um and i don't think people should feel guilty if they did you know did do that or decide you know what today we're going to go out for a walk we're going to look at the trees we're going <laughs> to i don't know commune with nature whatever it is you want to do um but i think that's a really good a good thing to do sometimes I agree with you. As long as it's not too often, yeah. uh, I think that that was the right thing to do. And spending time with family and making those family memories is as important for our children because they're out in the fresh air, but also for their mental well-being, which we talk a lot about. I know, and we're going to come on and talk about that shortly in our in our in our overall podcast today. But um, really important. Yes. Yes, it is. And I think there's been a lot of worry about, you know, as we said, you know, the, the impact on the children. Absolutely. But we need to sort of split it a little bit. I think the younger children, it's a great opportunity for them to play, to explore, you know, look at learning in a different way, different for the exam classes. I think it's so tough for them. So, so hard for the GCSE and that A-level children. The younger ones, don't worry too much. Don't get in a panic because they're not making this progress. They're not reaching this milestone. Find other things. Do you know what? Cooking with them. Maybe not the way I cook, but my, my husband's cooking. He can teach really well. But, 
find things to do with them. Um, I'm not saying don't do the lessons. Of course, I'm not saying that. But don't don't get worked up about their progress at this point. Exam children, well, that's different because, oh, where are we with them, with the exams? Now, the other day, I was like, yes, all the exams have been cancelled. We know where we were. Ah, I should know better than that. <laughs> what are they calling them now that they might be introducing? Little mini exams? exams? Mini exams. So there was a consultation. I exams. <laughs> there was a consultation uh, that the department put out for people to have their their view have their their say about how the students and Ofqual should award these uh, these exams that finished on the 29th of January and now all of the data is being gathered and looked at so that there should be some kind of announcement around about the 22nd of February so that teaching staff and students will have an idea about the way forward. And so many different thoughts and ideas have been put through and 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 kind of thought of yeah. i mean one of these these the ideas is these mini exams as you mentioned little tiny pocket size questions that the exam boards should provide that then um, teachers can dip into and if their students have studied let's say for example quantitative chemistry because i'm a chemist then they could then have a little look at the quantitative chemistry uh, question pull it out and then set that as a mini exam when the children come back into the classroom please god they would then be used to help the teachers to come to the grade for the CAG, the centre assessed grade that they are going to then put forward for those students. Between about March and June, I think, sorry, May and June, I think is when they'll start to have those little mini exams. And then the grades would be given and awarded, I think in July-ish. I think it's even later than that now. I, well, I, I read that it was July-ish so that then they could have a, a period where they could be questioned uh, and then they would be finally awarded in uh, August. Yeah. So that there's this kind of um, period where there can be some kind of questioning going on yeah. um, and appeals can take place. So that's as I understand it at the moment, but who knows? Yeah, it, it's changing. Do you want to just explain to parents why they can't have um, have one final exam? You know, because okay. some 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 students will have done all the work, will be raring to go, and a lot of teachers would like there to be final exams. But what can you put? Because I don't think I can put it into clear enough words. Why why is that just not going to be an option? Since the beginning of the current year 13 and year 11's journey through their two-year exam course, there has been disruption, end of. For many of them, they were out from March until until when they until they went back for a, a short period of time. And then they yeah. went back again in September. Now, 
the offering that many students have received has been so varied. Some yeah. have been given a huge amount of support and loads and loads of work and teachers have been able to deliver it as if there's not really much difference from them being in the classroom other than the one-to-one face-to-face kind of teaching. However, for many students, they have had nothing through no fault of their own, nor any fault of the, the teachers or the schools trying to provide that, that education for them. This does not set a level playing field for examinations. And that is the point that, you know, some children, and the other point we've got to remember is that some children have had to isolate because somebody in their family has tested positive. Therefore, through no fault of their own, they have also been out of school for 10 days. And for some children that I know, they've had three or four periods of 10 days Mm. away from school because their families are very large, which means that they have not been able to access the curriculum. It's not a fair playing field if they then yeah, it's, are it's about the It's about creating that sort of equality to begin with. Yeah, I think that's really good. There is, if anybody's interested, and we'll put this in the notes, um, there's a really interesting um, proposal that's come from the Education Policy Institute, which is epi.org.uk, but I will add this into the notes alongside this. Um, And they've done proposals for awarding grades in summer 2021. It's really interesting. They go through and sort of look at the problems, the problems with the last year, what they're, what they're uh, proposing. And I think it it is worth, you know, if you're at all interested, I think it is worth clicking through and having a look at that. Um, You know, it's also saying that the government has to move quickly to um, address the huge problem of pupils underlying learning loss. So when I was talking before about not worrying, that's really with the younger children who have got the time to make up. Because personally, every time I hear them, people saying, right, they will let them have schooling right through the summer. We'll put tutors in for that summer and they can make it all up. The last thing these kids need is the additional pressure of trying to squish a year's learning into two or three months. They That's not going to work. They need longer. They need more time to actually pull this in. And something else that EPI were looking at was how they can support these students who have had a loss, perhaps at the next stage, so whether that's university or a sixth form college, how that can be adapted to sort them and actually help them catch up over a longer period. I'm not in favour of sort of squishing everything into a few weeks and, and say, right, there you go, you've had your catch up. That's not practical and it's not supportive of these of these children. And actually probably far more uh, important is their social catch up um, and their mental well-being to just to make well, sure that they do know how to yes. interact, they do know how to listen, they do know how to sympathise, empathise, all of those things that you teach at home as much as you can. But actually being in school is, yeah. a, is a perfectly... And yep. an even better way of, of the children learning about this. So that- some some of these children will have been very isolated. Yes, really Absolutely. isolated, not seeing their friends. Um, and I think you know the the impact on their mental health. Just we cannot ignore that. Um, again, sorry, another policy document that I was reading. 
really interesting. Again, from the EPI, they, they, you may have seen this in the press. There's a very big research done with the EPI, the Education Policy Institute and the Prince's Trust, yeah. looking at um, young people's mental and emotional health. Fascinating report. And I think we have to really look at that and handle handle this next stage, this next year, very, very carefully for these children. Yes, I think that's that's true. And I think as parents as well, to be alert and aware of the behaviour of your children, if it's changing, how is it changing? And and maybe seek some advice if you are worried or concerned about about that certainly i i know that we've been in, we've been contacted by mm. several parents about that recently uh, and we've been able to sort of point them in the right direction or give them some advice ourselves so again if you are worried about that do get in touch with i'll just kind of plug our our web uh, web address our email address info at ppodcast.co.uk we can support and help and give you advice and point you in the right direction if we don't know the answers yeah, absolutely I think before we go any further, just one thing to be aware of. Yeah. <laughs> Having worked with teenagers for between us for far too many years and had our own, or in the process of, in your case, teenagers can be very tricky customers. That's a really <laughs> polite way of putting it. <laughs> they can be moody. They can be argumentative. They can throw enormous strops and storm off and slam doors and you know, and they might not want to get up. Part of that is being a teenager. That's normal, isn't it? Yeah, yes. exactly. That's that is normal. And of course, you know, it's it's quite different if you are stuck in a house with that, and if you've got more than one, mm. it's tough. But it doesn't mean they've got mental health problems. But it means they're. they're damned annoying teenager however that's not to negate the people who really are struggling but what yeah. i'm what i'm trying to say is don't don't panic because your child seems to have changed a lot you know gosh i remember um when we were teaching together you get some parents saying oh but they've changed since they came to this school it's like yes mm-hmm. they're 14 <laughs> this would be happening at any school and trying to get people to realize that some things are just the natural progression but it's being really alert to when to when it tips into something that you need to worry about or you know need to look for help or get some support and and I know because you've advised so many parents so many times it doesn't matter whether you've got a three-year-old or an 18-year-old or 19-year-old with you those lines of communication from parent uh, to to child or adolescent or young young adult uh, are absolutely vital. So if you can keep those lines of communication open, no matter how tenuous, it's really important to keep those lines of communication open because that's when the support that you require you are required to give as a parent can be provided, or you can listen yeah. and then go and seek the support if you don't know how to from somewhere else. And let's be honest, sometimes that's hard. Sometimes they, you know, they push the buttons and it's very easy to get drawn into that. And at some point, especially when you are stuck together 24 hours a day, to, you need to find time or space for yourself to sort of step away, decompress, to count to 10 or 200 or whatever. 
and remember, okay, I'm the adult, I'm the adult, I'm not, they're not going to draw me into this, and then go back and try and have that conversation, even though it might be the last thing you want to to have. Uh, It's hard. It is hard. The other thing I was going to say this week, uh, you've provided me with the most (laughs) valuable piece uh, of support and advice that that I've heard all week. And I'd love you to share it with our listeners, please. I cannot take uh, um, ownership of this because I read it in a tweet and it just hit the mark with me. It's like, I wish I had known this a few years ago. It was by a a man who said that he now no longer had arguments with his wife since he learned this one thing. If one of them was in in a state or upset, the other one would say, do you want support or do you want a solution? And... So just that simple thing going support or solution solved many, many arguments because I know I'm very solution driven. So if one of my children comes and is upset about something, I go instantly into, well, you should do this, you could do this. And actually, that's not what they need. They just want you to listen. They don't need me to go into sort of school mom mode (laughs) and find a solution. They just want me to say, oh, that's awful. Oh, I can see why you're upset and not have to find a solution. They just need to release. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it is really, really good. Do you want a solution or do you want support? And that for me this week has been my mantra to (laughs) any, any, that has come to me through my family and honestly it's been fantastic even I think it helps them realize what what do I actually need oh hang on do I just want to offload or do I want some help finding a way through this and then it that in itself can open the communication yeah so So take away with you this week support or solution because that is just a top tip that Catherine has shared with me and I'm really (laughs) grateful so one of the things, the, the real thing that we wanted to talk about this week, other than where we are educationally, was who sets the tone in your house every day? And if it's you that sets that tone, what impact does the tone that you are setting every morning or every afternoon have on the rest of your family? I'll put, I'll fess up and say that on Wednesday, following the announcement from Mr. Johnson, I found it very, very hard and I woke up and I know that I was not in a great place. And I know that that rubbed up, rubbed off on the rest of my family. It was raining outside. It was dark. It was miserable. And it was a very, very, very tough day. Having then spoken to Catherine and taught things, <laughs> taught things through, I woke up the next morning determined to have a better, to set a better tone. And Mm. I did. And it was incredible, the difference uh, in the way that we all approached our day. So we asked the sort of question, who sets the tone? You know, is it you? And Mm. how if it is you or is it your your teenager or is it your five year old who's setting the tone? And do different people set the tone at different points in the day? And therefore really change the dynamics of of how you're all functioning and working during this lockdown. 
I guess one of the things we 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 thought about was, or I thought about certainly and found it quite helpful was, you know, am I setting the tone and had a little sort of think about how I was doing that and how I could change that. And it did really, really help our family going forward. Yeah. And we're wondering whether yeah. Yes, I think I think it's really it is very, very tough. And I know a lot of people are struggling. For me, I'm struggling more this lockdown than the first one. There was, this might sound stupid, but there was almost the novelty factor in it. You know, oh, well, we're not allowed out. When what are the rules? What can I do? Or you this far away? And now it's just tedious and I've had enough and I want to go to a cafe and have a coffee. <laughs> you know, I want to go to a restaurant badly. Um, and I'm feeling a lot more frustrated. But I so it is very hard. And I understand with parents that you can't just bounce out of bed every day. But actually understanding, do you know what? I'm feeling like this. The kids are going to be feeling bad. Even just putting on an act, being a little bit cheerful, you know, positive in the morning, even if you want to go away to your room and have a lie down and, you know, put your head under the duvet keep maintaining that positivity first off and you know first thing can be helpful however if you've got <laughs> some teenagers if you go in and sort of uh, mrs positivity they're probably going to want to smack you in the face <laughs> i did do it once with my eldest and the response was not particularly pleasant i haven't done it since <laughs> It works better with younger ones, I will say. But again, with <clears throat> with the teenagers, you know, or, or young adults, you know, if if they are coming out in a gruff mood, you know, you you have to gauge when you talk to them what you're saying, and it's difficult to walk on eggshells all the time. And sometimes you just you're not going to get it right. Um, I remember you know, at boarding I, school. I just, just, I remember yeah. at boarding school. I must have been about fourteen at the time, and it was probably in about November or December, so pretty dark and really cold. And there was this one um, lady who used to wake us up in the morning, utterly charming. But she would come in in the mornings, and we just didn't want to talk to anyone. We were just wanting just to mom and, and have as long as we could in bed before we had to be down for breakfast. And she'd pull back the curtains and she'd go, "Morning, girls, rise and shine. The sun's high." In the sky, and you're thinking, oh, oh god, god. <laughs> it's really not a pleasant thing <laughs> to be quite so annoying in the morning. But I think if you are finding that your teenager is, uh, you know, moody, not wanting to speak, not really rising till later, if you can find a time where you can actually talk to them, so which is probably about 10 o'clock at night for some. <laughs> Actually ask them, you know, when 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 is the best time for you? And open it up, go, you know, look, I can see it really annoys you if I'm really happy when you wake up. When's the better time? To actually just start, have a laugh about it, talk about it. But again, it's that communication. Try and keep that open. What you don't want is everybody shutting down. 
And I think for younger ones, trying to punctuate the day with something to look forward to is a helpful thing. So if at lunchtime you can manage to have the same lunch break as the little ones or the littler ones, find something that you might be able to do together, which may only take five minutes. Or shall we Mm. quickly just colour in that or would you like to build that lego thing that we were, were trying to do earlier on and you know that that story that you were reading you were writing for english can you read it to me then something just to kind of punctuate to look forward to the uh, the other thing that i found that has been very useful is trying not to look too forward but taking each day as it comes and chunking it down into each day because it can just seem soul destroying to think all the way forward to April or whenever. Yes. I think that's what's so hard for our examination year groups because they're trying to look forward to August, to uni or to, you know, the exams, what comes after the exams. And that is really, really difficult. And I think we we said on the last podcast, control what you only, only control what you can you know, if, if it's outside your control, don't worry about it. Just take on board the things from the school, um, do what they tell you to do and let let the school worry about what's coming up. Let the school be the ones to take responsibility for the exams or the mini exams or the non-exams or the whatever it turns out to be. But let, let the school worry about that. If you've been asked to do X, Y, Z, that's all you can, should be worried about. Um, and I know that's easier said than done, but if you can try and help your your children just focus on what they can control, I think that's that's a, the better way forward. Absolutely, absolutely. Okay, so I think we'll we'll wait and see what this next week brings. <laughs> Yes, well, there might be more going back and we can probably talk about this a bit more last time. There's quite a bit of talk about should students repeat a year that doesn't seem to be flying. Um, It's most impractical thing, but I can understand why it's coming up. But perhaps we can touch on that next time. But if you've got any questions uh, you'd like us to address, do drop us an email at info at ppodcast.co.uk and in the meantime we wish you a safe couple of weeks or week and we will be back safe covid free (laughs) yes please absolutely we'll see you within the next couple of weeks thank you bye bye